Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. Please check the link tree in the description and see all of our beautiful, lovely, salacious links to listen to more. Thank you. Memes. Memes never change. Ever since the beginning of time, people have been shitposting. And as it has become more complicated, the war has grown on stronger. For over 70 years, the memers have been at war until October of 2077, when the Great War finally ended. Because war never memes. Welcome back to Say You Think You Can Fan. That was beautiful. Thank you, Jacob. Very nice. I'm your host, Ron Perlman. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up, guys? It's me. It's Greg Chudley. We got our boys. We got John Fannin, the Hunter 03. We got Matt. Hey. And we got Kai. Hey. Kai Bartholomew Dunnington the fourth. Hold on, I have it written down on I have it written down on Discord. Full name Carth Kai Bartholomew Bertram de la Russe the seventh. <laughs> yes, what a wonderful name. Thank you for doxing me. Yeah, it's your real name. People can find you at that address. Yes. You can email Kai at Bertram De La Russe at AOL.skillshare.com. Well, well, you can also just email him at the fandom email. We'll no, don't too. let them know that. Well, I never look at it, so you can't really email me from there. If you email Kai with the fandom email, I will respond with a picture of my butthole. They might want to do that even more. Jacob, than that. don't don't see people on the email. <laughs> You'll get arrested. This is 1984. We have an announcement to oh. our to our to to, to our fans. Uh, we got our panels accepted for Colossal Con Prime. Uh, we have oh, that's right. nine hours of paneling and perhaps more, depending on if some slots open up. So we will see you there in May. That'll be fun. But for today. What are we digging ourselves into this time? I don't know. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay, I found one. Yeah, we are reading Fallout Equestria. Well, that sounds like fun. I, I'm gonna take it, go out on a limb and assume that this thing that we've never discussed before is Fallout, but with My Little Pony. Yep. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. So I know nothing about this. Yeah, I think. Did you bring it up or did Phoenix bring it? Bring it up. I brought. I, Phoenix may have brought it up, but I was very interested in it, and I've been wanting to do it for a very long time because I like Fallout. I don't really care about My Little Pony, but I do like Fallout a lot. So to cut off the bit that we don't know anything about this, we we are peripherally aware of this. We are peripherally aware that there's many thousands of people who are into the fandom of Fallout Equestria. It's not a simple fanfic. It is... How many books is it? Uh, I think um, there are, I think five. There are five, I think, I think there are five, five main uh, ones. Yeah, there are five main uh, spinoffs. Um, but basically, what 
I mean, I'm I'm sure people have branched off on this, but at least on the um the Fallout Equestria wiki, it lists Fallout Equestria and then uh, five other works. Yeah, if you go on the okay. this website has multiple side stories listed: Project Horizons, Pink Eyes, Heroes, so on and so forth. Hmm. And it's got like an audio drama, lots of dramatic readings, which I guess there's going I to be a game be at some now. point. Oh, what the fuck? That goes hard. If it's a, if it That's... plays like the early like Fallout One and Two, I'm there. Well, color me curious. Uh, it's it says it, it's using a modified version of Unity, and it looks similar to the game Brio engine used for Fallout Three. So I'm assuming it's going to be based on Fallout Three. That sucks. I don't want to play it anymore. Well, color me interested. I want to see what the hell this thing is about. And I guess this is where it started, right? Just Fallout Equestria, where all this shit began. Yep. Probably a Tumblr post is where it really began, but who cares? Probably. My dogs are killing each other, if you hear in the background. I can't, in fact, hear that. But soon, you're going to hear me not serenading you with a motherfucking dragon, but serenading you with ponies in a post-apocalypse when we tweet this episode out we better we better hashtag the shit out of this if it goes viral on twitter yes uh there's so also a f- tabletop role-playing game for fallout equestria oh, why oh. uh the fallout equestria the pen and paper uh, is a tabletop role-playing game created by sunrise with input from the author and a variety of people from the Fallout Equestria resource in early 2012 that uses the D10 based under roll system, similar to Dark Heresy like... and Palladium tabletop systems. It plays like Dark Heresy. <laughs> <laughs> that goes for hard. Those my know, mind. For those of you who don't know, that is the same system that uh, All Guardsmen Party is played in. The All Pony it, Party. It also, Dark Heresy is based on Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy Roleplay 2nd Edition. So, you know. All right, all right. Okay, that's, enough, of, uh... that's enough backstory, I think, of this fucking... This gets scarier the more I hear about it, so I'm terrified, so let's get going on it. Will Are you do me a favor? Yes. Will you read the introduction? I will read the introduction. Do you want to narrate the rest of it, then? No. I just wanted okay. you to restart. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted okay. you to start. All right. <clears throat> Introduction. Once upon a time, in the magical land of Equestria, there came an era when the ideals of friendship gave way to greed, selfishness, paranoia, and a jealous reaping of dwindling space and natural resources. Lands took up arms against their neighbors. The end of the world occurred, much as we had predicted. The world was plunged into an abyss of bale, fire, and dark magic. The details are trivial and pointless. The reasons, as always, purely our own. The world was nearly wiped clean of life. A great cleansing. A magical spark struck by pony hooves quickly raged out of control. Mega spells rained from the skies. Entire lands were swallowed in flames and fell beneath the boiling oceans. Pony kind was almost extinguished, their spirits becoming part of the ambient radiation that blanketed the lands. A quiet darkness fell across the whole of the world. But it was not, as some had predicted, the end of the world. Instead, the apocalypse was simply the prologue 
for another bloody chapter in pony history. In the early days, thousands were spared the horrors of the Holocaust by taking refuge in enormous underground shelters known as stables. But when they emerged, they had only the hell of the wastes to greet them, all except those in Stable 2. For on that fateful day when spellfire rained from the sky, the giant steel door of Stable 2 swung closed and never reopened. Fallout Equestria. I had a visceral, almost heart attack induced muscle spasm when they replaced vault with stables those are my only thoughts so far <laughs> oh you're, you're gonna atmospheric you're, you're gonna yes. have more of those when, when we go through this prologue. <laughs> prologue it just occurred to me yes kai what do you know about fallout nothing do you want oh, like a like a quick rundown no, I think it's more funny if Kai knows nothing about either of these. <laughs> I don't. I truthfully don't know anything about either. Do you, do, you, do you want a quick rundown of what Fallout is, just so you can kind of no. understand it a little better? No. Let's, let, let's just have me go in here blind. Okay. All, all you really need to know is there were nukes. That's all you really need. There were nukes. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I'll take a one-minute spiel. Okay, so... Alternate universe, uh, where so the society didn't really evolve past like the 1950s, but like technology did. So it's kind of like retro future, retro futuristic sci-fi stuff. Okay. Like so, big clunky computers and stuff, but they're still like portable. Um, everything is like 1950s nuclear family. Um, China and the U.S. were in the Cold War instead okay. of Russia. Um. And then one day in 2077, it boiled over, nukes dropped, and a company called Vault Tech had these vaults that people could get into to hide from the nukes. And so a lot of people survived, went out, repopulated the now destroyed U.S., and lived their lives. So Fallout is like post-apocalyptic, retro-futuristic um, nonsense. Okay. It's good. I and like it. Fault. Sucks to be there. Yes. It, yeah, generally, yeah. <laughs> it's Being in a vault is bad because um, the the company that made the vaults of Vault Tech, um, they're actually a government a organization that want, wanted to uh, test pe on people. So all oh, the vaults, okay. like secret government testing. So like yep. like um. Vault 13, the like the original vault, had uh, the test was that their water chip would break every so often and they'd have to go out and like trade with people to get a new one just to see how vault subjects interact with the outside world. If I remember correctly, mm. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, vault 101 from Fallout 3 never reopened. It was what would happen in the in the society of the vault if it never reopened. And then, like, Fallout 4, it was the vault cryogenically froze its um, vault inhabitants until the world was okay again. But it malfunctioned, wow. and so the main character is the only survivor. Mm -hmm. So on and so forth. Interesting. Yep. There's also, because uh, they let Penny Arcade make a, a Fallout comic, and they made a bunch of goofy vaults that are canon. There's a uh, there's a, there's a vault with 99 men and one female, and then there's one with 99 oh. females and one man. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. Those sound fun. To My favorite is the Republic of Dave. Is it just Dave? No, it's a it's a vault full of clones of Dave. Okay. Mm. To quote Kieran, because Kieran is a huge Fallout nut, as the as the final summation, most stories about an apocalypse are set in the post-apocalypse. Fallout does not take place in the post-apocalypse. It takes place in the post-post-apocalypse. It's so far beyond the apocalypse, all society has essentially come back in most of the games you play, aside from Fallout 4. Uh, it's about the society. Well, Fallout 4 has society, kind of. Kind of, but I'm thinking more like New Vegas. One Fallout 4 is problematic. It's problematic as far as things okay. go. But most of the most of the Fallout games take place so far beyond the apocalypse, it's unrecognizable that, you know, it was yeah. influenced. I think Fallout it. 1, like three generations have passed since the nukes dropped. Okay. So and then Fallout 2 is two more generations. It's been and centuries then, by New Vegas, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New Vegas and 4 take place in 2277, oh, 200 okay. years yeah. after the bomb drop. Despite that, everything is still completely ruined and like, well, not unsalvageable. They just don't much. have money for infrastructure. That's all. No, they do. They have <laughs> bottle caps. Yeah, and there, some people are building, rebuilding infrastructure. It's interesting. It's all interesting. Yeah, okay. Anyways, let's get into the prologue here <clears throat> of Pip Bucks and Cutie Marks. If I'm going to tell you about the adventure of my life, explain how I got to this place with these people and why I did what I'm going to do next, I should probably start by explaining a little bit about Pip Bucks. What is a Pip Buck? A Pip Buck is a device worn on a foreleg just above the hoof, issued to every pony in a stable when they become old enough to start work. A blending of unicorn pony magic and science, your Pip Buck will keep a constant measure of your health and even help administer healing poultices and other medicine. Track and organize everything in your saddle packs, assist in repairs, and keep all manner of notes and maps available at a hoof tap. Plus, it allows you to listen to the stable broadcast whenever you would like as it can tune into and decrypt just about any radio frequency. And that's not all. A pony's pit buck generates an EFS, eyes forward sparkle, that will indicate a direction and help gauge whether the ponies or creatures around you are hostile. And perhaps most impressively, a pit buck can magically aid you in a fight for brief periods of time through use of the SATS, Stable Tech Arcane Targeting Spell. Oh, and a feature not to be forgotten. It can keep track of the location of tagged objects or people, including the wearers of other pit bucks. So if a pony somehow got lost, don't ask me how you could get lost in a stable, but it does happen on occasion, then any pony who knew the lost pony's tag could find them instantly. It can even be made to glow like a lamp. So yes, pit bucks really are a testament to unicorn pony arcane science. And yes, having a pit buck is a big advantage. So with how wonderful and miraculous all that just sounded, it's hard to impress upon ponies who never lived in a stable just how ordinary, how pedestrian a pit buck was in the eyes of the ponies living in stable two and why i was disappointed to have one as my cutie mark every pony in stable two had a pit buck all that stuff i mentioned most ponies don't even use half of that they just used it to tune into the stable broadcast listen to the sweet sweet voice of velvet remedy in the evenings or the latest school singing competitions during the day the stable had two soccer leagues one which allowed sats and one which prohibited it otherwise most ponies paid their pit bucks almost no attention at all the overmare issues each pony their own pit buck on the day of their cutie mark party, usually a day or two after you get the mark on your flanks that tells every pony what makes you special, what you're destined to be good at. 
Once it shows, the Overmare knows what work to assign you. You know your place in the stable. So no, I was not thrilled that what made me special was something that every pony had, which was a lot like being told I wasn't special at all. I'm sure getting a pit buck as my cutie mark could have meant I was destined to become an awesome pit buck repair filly or something, but in reality, it was like getting a cutie mark of a cutie mark. Didn't help that I was. I the think last we thing. should start referring to us as a group as every pony. I think you should every die, all the death, all of them should be yours right now. Hold on, I want to, I want, I want, I want to pull a Jake quote out of my ass real quick. <gasps> I think God should kill you. <laughs> every pony, calm down for a second. No. Oh God. All keep right. going, keep going, keep going. Didn't help that I was the last one to get her cutie mark. Not surprising in retrospect. Kind of tough to find what you're supposed to be good at when you're supposed to be good at is something you don't get until you found out what you're supposed to be good at. So I tried everything. I even tried to invent new things. As a unicorn pony myself, my innate magic allowed me a level of fine manipulation that earth ponies don't enjoy. Any pony can hold a key in their teeth and open a lock, but using multiple tools in a very delicate operation, that requires precision levitation. So I decided to learn to pink locks with a bobby pin and screwdriver. And I was even getting pretty good at it. Unfortunately, it didn't get me my cutie mark. It just got me into trouble. I, even to my humiliation, went through the CAT cutie mark aptitude test in the hopes it would guide me to make what could have made me special but no i like it no. i like that it's c-a-t instead of goat yes also i'm assuming it's pronounced cat like how the goat is the goat probably probably but no my cat was utterly average with only marginally higher scores in a couple areas, indicating they might be suited for work as a pit buck technician or a stable loyalty inspector. Two options, I should note, that were even less impressive when you considered that it was generally expected that unicorn ponies would go into either technical or administrative work. That is, except the unicorn ponies who are natural artists, like Velvet Remedy. As I said before, our inherent magic allows us the sort of fine manipulation that technical work demands. Likewise, the Overmare and her government were always unicorn ponies. It is the Overmare's unicorn magic, after all, that creates the false sunlight used to grow our underground apple orchard. And while our apples might not look like those beautiful red things in the old books, they are what keeps us alive. It was only because they let me try my hooves at both positions that I gained access to a pit buck before receiving my own. Otherwise, I might never have gotten my cutie mark. No, my name is Little Pip. Go figure, I was given the name because I was the youngest and the smallest, and my mother had the good sense not to call me Pipsqueak. Not that I don't love her, but when a Philly's cutie mark is a glass of hard apple cider. Anyway, funny is funny like that. Uh, it's a uh, female horse. Yes. Okay, good to know. Anyway, funny how names like that turn out sometimes. Pleased to meet you. Here's my story. Alright. So One the pit buck is supposed to be the pit boy, which is just a wrist or like a, imagine like a like an a apple PDA. watch yeah imagine an apple watch but it takes up two-thirds of your forearm okay and is so only operatable. watch then yeah it's op- only operatable with a dial <laughs> but it also gets like radio stations and it's stuff a, it has a it's like a super multi-tool imagine a whole laptop it's like having a tablet on your arm it's like yeah it's like having a tablet, on your, like a tablet on your arm okay yeah. they're cool very, very useful devices. Also, look at how the like to dislike ratio on all of these. Oh people my god! Love, are, this is cooking. People love it. 10,700 to 298. Good yeah. god. 
here, Kai, check, uh, what's our channel for posting things? Reference photo, check reference photos. <gasps> Two million total views, Jesus. That feels low for how popular I didn't popular know we had reference photos, damn. This is only on this one website. Okay, so it is a tablet on your arm. Yeah, yep. but it, uh, yep, all the knobs and dials operate it. Okay. It also has a radiation meter because Fallout. Yep. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Shall we read chapter one and then discuss? Yes. Chapter one. Out of the stable. Because in stable two, no pony ever enters and no pony ever leaves. My brain auto-corrected you to Fable 2, and that's that's how I feel about Fable, Fable 2. Fable 2 is such a fun game. I it need to get is. back to playing that. Thank you for reminding me. How are you, <clears> how <throat> are you playing it? Emulator. We can finally emulate it on uh, Xenia. I would never pirate games to emulate that. I didn't pirate it. I own it. Okay, we're good. Emulation I, I also own it. Gray. The walls of the maintenance stalls were all... A very monotonous, dull gray. The particular wall I was staring at had the merit of being a very clean gray. Pit bucks were notoriously hardy and reliable, so being the stable's pit buck technician meant that there were long periods of nothing to do. Being the pit buck technician's apprentice meant that I was assigned all the mundane daily chores while my trainer took extended naps in the back room. Chores like cleaning the walls. Who would, uh, who would like to be this main main filly? I assume because uh, female... Is it a filly? Yes, the main the main character is a filly. Oh, okay. Sergio, yeah, you can be Pip Squeak creature, whatever the name was. This wall needs a mural. I let myself fantasize, picturing the Overmare agreeing and ordering Pallet herself to turn our entire stall into one of her brightly colorful masterpieces. Pallet was the greatest painter in Stable 2, and like every skilled artist, that made her a stable treasure. Life in Stable 2 inevitably began to eat at your spirit. You were born in the stable, you lived your whole life in the stable, you were going to die there, and the course of your life was largely laid out for you to see by your cutie mark party. So the Overmare insisted that a new song be added to the stable broadcaster's repertoire each week. That public areas were brightly painted and adored with uplifting and motivational murals. That regular parties were planned in the atrium, all in an effort to distract and stave off depression. Reality came crashing back as I stared at the eternally blank gray. Beautifying maintenance areas was tragically low priority already, and the pit buck technician stall was one of the least traffic parts of maintenance. I felt my ears droop as I started to realize I'd be staring at the same gray wall nearly every day for the rest of my life. I want to be Velvet Remedy. Okay. Um, oh dear. Is it really that bad? And there she was. <laughs> More like <Velvet> dear. <laughs> Remedy, the gorgeous charcoal-coated unicorn with streaks of color in her white mane and with a voice as smooth as silk and rich as finest chocolate was standing in the doorway of my stall. I felt immediately grateful I had finished the cleaning and simultaneously ashamed that the room was so beneath her. I couldn't believe she was standing there. I'd seen her on the stage above us at late parties. I'd listened to her songs incessantly recording every new one on my pit box so I didn't have to wait to hear it again. I'll admit it now. I'd had a crush on Velvet Remedy for years. Me and at least 300 other ponies. Oh, she's My gay. mother used to laugh at that. Little Pip, she would say, chortling with her friends. 
Velvet Remedy's barn door doesn't swing that way. It took me a couple <laughs> years to understand what my mother had meant by that, and it took me several seconds to process that Velvet Remedy had just asked me something. What? Wonderful response, little Pip. So elegant, I wanted to dig my way through the concrete floor and pull the chunks over the top of me. But she smiled sweetly. She smiled at me and in that amazing voice. You looked so heartbroken when I came in. Is there anything I can do? Velvet Remedy offered to help me. I was shocked back to my senses. Velvet Remedy must have some reason to be down here, some pit buck reason. It wasn't like she would just go wandering around maintenance after all. Looking around, I realized that I was the only pony on duty. My teacher was, as usual, asleep in his office. Oh, oh, oh it, it was it was nothing. I tried to regain my composure. How may I be of assistance? Velvet Remedy's expression was both compassionate and unconvinced, but she lifted a forehoof, raising her bit puck up to my gaze. A more elegant model than mine, with her initials and cutie mark, a beautiful bird with wings outstretched and beak opened in song, embellishing it tastefully. I hate to be a bother, but it's begun to chafe. Could you replace the padding? Oh, absolutely. I was already levitating the special keys used to unlock a pit buck from a pony's foreleg. As an apprentice pit buck technician, I had all manner of special precision tools in the pockets of my utility barding. I'll have it done right quick. The pit buck came off with a click. Velvet Remedy chuckled hesitantly, lowering her hoof. Oh no, that's all right. Take your time. I'm going to put some salve on this leg back in my room and rest up for the afternoon. That's right! Velvet Remedy's performing at the Stable 2 Saloon tomorrow night. I would have to polish it up, make it worthy of being worn above her hoof. It, if I spent all night on it, I could give it a full tune-up, have it running as smoothly as the day she got it, and still have it back to her before the show. Alright, I'll have it back to you this time tomorrow. You won't be dispromised. D- disappointed, I promise. She smiled at me again. <laughs> and all the gray in the world couldn't darken my day. Hard. Thank you. And then she turned to go. I watched as her cutie mark disappeared around the doorway. And then she was gone. The next day I was whistling one of Velvet Remedy's songs as I walked down the halls toward her room. Her pitbuck was hovering along beside me in a field of magical levitation, freshly padded with the best lining I could find, looking shiny and new. I was tired from a long night on work, but in high spirits, Velvet Remedy was going to be so happy with my work. Turning the corner, I was startled out of my reverie by the mass of ponies gathered outside of her room. Damn, I was going to have to battle my way through hoofprint seekers and paparazzi. Levitating the pit buck higher, I started to shove my way into the crowd. She's gone! How could she leave? The hushed voices and panicked whinnies around me grew alarmingly loud. Why would she abandon us? Don't tell them And the words stopped me cold. I didn't think the stable door even could open. She was gone outside. Oh, who wants to be a Jake should be the overmare. He hasn't gotten a role yet. Yes. Don't worry, every pony. Boomed the voice of the overmare from somewhere in the crowd. I have the tag of each and every pony in the stable. I will personally send out a rescue party. We'll have our velvet back by the end of the day. Worry not. I felt I was drowning in cold, wet cement. 
I gaze slowly looked and moved up towards the pit buck floating above me. I lowered my head, slowly trying to back out of the crowd, curling the floating pit buck close. When the overmare brought up Velvet Remedy's tag, it would lead every pony not to Velvet, but to her pit buck sitting in the maintenance. With a thump, I backed into some pony, startling me enough that the levitation field evaporated in a poof and the clean and shiny pit buck clattered to the floor. Turning, I found myself eye to eye with the overmare. She didn't speak, her gaze turning to the pit buck on the ground. Velvet Remedy's initials and cutie mark clearly visible. What is this? The Overmare spoke slowly, dangerously. All eyes turned to me, and I could feel every pair of eyes. Nobody spoke. The silence bore down like a lead blanket, and my mouth went dry. I couldn't find my voice, but I didn't need to. I could feel the wave of loathing. Dozens of Velvet Remedy fan ponies, and I was the pony holding the reason why their idol was lost to them. The Overmare's voice was low and surprisingly gentle. Take it and go to your room swiftly. She didn't need to tell me twice. I lay in my bed that evening, poking at Velvet Remedy's pip buck as the radio in my own played yet another reiteration of the tragedy of the day. I couldn't believe it. Velvet Remedy was gone. I couldn't understand. How could she leave? Why would she have gone? The door out of Stable 2 was closed and sealed. Only the Overmare knew the secrets to opening it, assuming it even could open, which obviously it could. But why? Nobody really knew what was outside, if there was anything out there at all. Historical books suggested the world outside was blasted, lifeless, and poisonous. That was at least the common and logical assumption, but a ghost story some pony told me at my first and only slumber party had given me horrible nightmares and still lurked in the shadows of my head. A tale of a pony who somehow got the stable door open and stepped outside, only to find out that there was no outside, just a great nothingness that whisked the pony away, devouring her soul that says she was nothingness too. Empirically, I knew that wasn't the case, but the mental image still haunted me. The two things I did understand was that Velvet Remedy had got gotten me to remove her pit buck so the overmare couldn't track her with it and then i was screwed being the smallest pony my age and the last to get my cutie mark did not facilitate building friendships with my peer ponies mother honestly didn't help either nor did waking up screaming at my first slumber party so i was used to being alone but i'd never had enemies before i'd been beneath the notice of other ponies but i'd never had one hate me i really couldn't blame them either even though it was well totally not fair they were upset and hurt and needed a scapegoat the news hadn't mentioned me by name just velvet remedies custom decorated pip buck was found in the possession of a pip buck technician pony but with a whole two of us it wasn't hard for everybody to figure out even without the scene outside her room earlier the overmare was speaking on the radio we are all feeling this loss but i want to remind every pony that Velvet Remedy chose to do this. She chose to leave her home, to abandon us, her family. She betrayed my trust and she betrayed yours. Just as she betrayed the trust of the pony who she tricked into removing her pit buck, ensuring we could not find her. I know many of you are angry or hurt. I urge you to direct that anger where it truly belongs. As thankful as it was for her words... It wasn't going to change the resentment that I would face every day. Even if every pony kept it to themselves, it hung in the air like old smoke. I distracted myself with the errant pip buck, taking note of an encrypted file. I had spotted it yesterday, figuring it was probably an unfinished new song. 
I didn't want to open it then, both out of respect for Velvet Remedy's privacy and a dislike of spoilers, but I guess that didn't matter anymore. The song would never be played. Opening a pouch on my utility barding, I withdrew an access tool that would allow me to remove the encryption safely and easily. It was a sound file, and I played it. The override code for opening the door to Stable 2 is CMC3BFF. I shot up in surprise at what I had heard. Swiftly, I turned off the radio and played it again. I didn't recognize the voice. It was female, kind of sweet, and a strange accent that didn't sound like anyone in the stable. But now I knew how Velvet Remedy left. I must have sat there for hours contemplating what I should do, but finally, I made my choice. I was going to go outside after her, and I was going to bring her back. I stood there, staring at the huge steel door that sealed Stable 2 away from the horrors, or nothingness, outside, and the two guard ponies who blocked my way. I had my saddlebags packed with apples and necessities, even a big book of arcane sciences for something to read. I had two canteens around my neck, and I was ready to go, but the overmare was making sure that there were no follow-up acts. Insistence and glowering looks weren't getting me anywhere. My horn was glowing, but they stood their ground unimpressed. They weren't going to let me anywhere near the control panel. Uh, Jacob? You want to be the... Hey, aren't you the filly who let our velvet get lost outside anywhere? One of the guards inquired daringly, taking a bullying step forward. The other guard, the other guard looked away in disgust. I'm not sure if he was disgusted at me or if he felt like the overmare seemed to be about ponies wanting to take it out on me. I was kind of hoping it was the former, considering that I was about to do to them. <sighs> the metal footlocker above them dropped onto their heads, knocking both of them out cold. Earth ponies, they never see that levitating something up behind you trick coming. I was at the controls, entering the passcode from Velvet Remedy's pit buck, when the overmare's voice boomed through nearby speakers. Stop! I order you to stop this instant! Yeah, that wasn't gonna happen. Guards, I want every guard pony at stable two door. Stop that filly. Oh crap, my hooves flew up to the main switch for the door and I prayed to Celestia that the code still worked. Then with all my strength I threw the switch and a loud clanging filled the air, followed by hissing of steam and a great rumble that shook the room. As I watched, the massive bolt that held the door from stable two shut slid back. A huge hinge arm swung down, attaching itself to the door and with a teeth hurting squeal pulled the massive steel door out and away. Randomly, I found myself thinking in my mother's voice, Stable 2's barn door doesn't swing that way. The door to Stable 2 wasn't supposed to swing at all. Even though I threw the switch, I was stunned to see it actually open. You don't have to do this, little pip, isn't it? The overmare's voice kicked me out of my stupor. I could hear the hooves of galloping guards drawing near, but I took a step towards the door anyways. Don't worry, I'll bring her back. No, you won't. If you leave here, you'll never be let back in. For a moment, the unfairness stung. The Overmare was willing to send out a search party to bring Velvet Remedy back. But then Velvet was special, and I wasn't. Part of me wanted to turn back right there, crawl back to my room and my dreary but safe life. Drawing myself up, I stepped out the door. Uh, This is very obviously based on the intro to Fallout 3. Yes, this is, um, this is just Fallout 3's intro, basically. Uh, Lil Pip should have fucking capped the Overseer. Yes. As I always do every time I play Fallout 3, the Overseer should get executed. Because the Overseer of Vault 101 is a fascist. And that is that is not conjecture. That is, that is straight fact. He is, in fact, a fascist. And I'm mm. assuming that the Overmare is a fascist, too. So they should die. 
Use your magic and blow his head up. Maybe. With a final hiss and clang, the steel door of Stable 2 closed irrevocably behind me. I don't know what I expected to find just beyond the door, but it certainly wasn't this long, dark hallway that smelled of rotting timbers and sepulchre air. I was no longer in the stable, but I wasn't outside yet either. I was in limbo. I turned on my Pipbuck's light and recoiled with a gasp at the skeletons of long-dead ponies which littered the hall. The outside of the stable door was marred from where ponies had slammed on it until their hooves cracked and shattered trying to get in. Moving forward quickly, I discovered that the hallway opened into an old room with stairs leading up to a horizontal door with a shattered lock. The entrance from the outside world into Stable 2 had been cleverly disguised as the door to a humble apple cellar. And by disguise, it meant that the person who built it had been building an apple cellar. Taking a deep breath, I trotted up the stairs, swung open the cellar door, and stepped outside. Hmm. That was pretty good. Oh, read the footnote. Footnote, level up. New perk, Cherche's La Philly. Plus 10% Cherche damage to the same sex. Plus 10% damage to the same sex and unique dialogue options with certain ponies. So she oh got God, the lesbian perk. She got the she lesbian, lesbian perk. Nice. That's funny. Well, oh God, this was nice. That was good. That was, really good. That was pretty Honestly. good. This was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see why people would like it. Yeah, someone who could give. (laughs) I see the comment from just another Time Lord, and it's the fucking like eleventh Doctor, tenth Doctor, ish. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's fucking hard. That's hard as hell. Mm -hmm. Time Lord Victorious. Oh, that's this is a window. Oh my god! Yeah, these are all from 2013, a decade ago. Wow. Captain Brony. At first, I was going to say, but that's a recent audio drama project. But I remember that was a, a thing in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the Ten Doctors, the Time Lord Victorious. As I was going to say, as someone who could really care less about My Little Pony, I was never into it. I did nothing about it. Like screams to me that it's something that I should, I should, I should check out. I don't really think it's for me. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I almost forgot that it was about ponies. Um, yeah, no, it was it good. Kind of felt like I I'm was gonna be real. I'm I'm imagining out. it as like <laughs> like photorealistic horses and <laughs> 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 My Little Pony. Like, I, can't, I can't see it in like the My Little Pony style because I like have said that. don't now have I'm any reverence. Knotted horses in Fallout Three, just talking like this. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Hold on, I'm posting it in uh in yeah. reference photos. Have you ever seen this, Kai? Let me see. <laughs> is this what you're making me think of? <laughs> yes. Man, I'm so I'm... hungry. How hungry? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm thinking of that. I, like, I, I I'm ugh. thinking of like horse stock footage with our voices just dubbed over, like 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 a horse just like grazing <laughs> grass, but it's got Matt's like voice over top of it. Oh, that would be so funny! Oh my god, like a homeward bound situation where it's like you know it's just footage of the animals and like you know they're not CG'd or anything, so you can see their mouths moving. No, they're just fucking there communicating telepathically there's just five cameras switching between different horses and it's just our voices going yeah sean yeah (laughs) yeah sean Sean. 
Yeah, Sean. Yeah, Sean. And, and then shot them yeah, all five Sean. horses. Echo, echo, echo. Yeah, Sean. And then like super far away, way shot. Yeah, Sean. 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 You've got to be one of the coolest yeah. guys in the world. Yeah. Falling in yeah, love with you. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. We love you. All right, no more. No more. Yeah, Sean. Do, do you think that joke will ever get old? No, no. It'll never, no. ever, ever get old. I thought this was shockingly good quality for what I was reading. Mm-hmm. Didn't overstay its welcome. Although I must say I am terrified of the fact that there are chapters in this that are fifty so like thirty thousand. There's one that's fifty one thousand so words. There's a chapter in this that's fifty one thousand words. It's all Garza party all over again. <laughs> that, the all Garza party isn't even that fifty thousand words long, at least for yeah, chapter one. Not for right now. Yeah, not yet. But we don't know how far it goes, how deep it goes. Well, anyways, yeah, I um, I know. You're not a gamer, Bertram. Nope. As we've established previously in the podcast. I'm the only non-gamer. True. Um, did the did the Fallout stuff interest you at all? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like this would I feel like just Fallout would probably interest me more than this. That's fair. Although should... again, it's quite funny to think about just regular horses interacting with each other like horses, leveraging shit. Yeah. You should watch a uh, a playthrough of somebody playing through the first two fallouts. I think you'd like them a lot. It's a lot of reading. I would like reading. Too. It's a lot of that well not really. There's a very few amount of things voiced in the first two Fallout games. The um, voices that it, they do get are ace. Oh yeah. No my favorite line of all time is in Fallout 2 of any game ever where um the bad guys are named the Enclave. They're the remnants of the US mili- like military. Oh, is it when and you prank like, call them? It's what you can prank call a member of the Enclave and tell them that the president's the president needs to suck your dick, pretty much. And he, the, <laughs> the guy on the on the receiver is just like who the uh, who are you? I should kick your fucking ass. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> And then he traces so you, and then he starts your calling from an enclave base, and he gets so much more pissed off. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I have nothing else to say on it beyond it. It's good. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It's good. I definitely would like to continue it. Mm-hmm. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. As no, long as it's, like, different... Than just the story of Fallout, which I assume it's, it is it's since it's so is. long. It already okay. is quite okay. different so far. Okay, so you said it's just like they're it's, mirroring it's the beginning of it. Obviously, the uh, the beginning of Fallout Three, but there was okay. a lot of things different. Like in the in beginning of Fallout Three, your dad leaves, and so you're, the whole reason you leave okay. the vault is to go find your dad. Okay, so it's very different already. It's just same. Starting Same general beat. concept of leaving the vault yeah. and not being allowed back, presumably, but um, different circumstances and everything. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm interested in seeing where the magic comes in because if the ponies themselves, are the ones who can just initiate nuclear meltdowns, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming, judging from the intro, it sounded like, uh, instead of it being like the Great War, it's just like a like, magic war. Like, yeah. nukes 
uh, destroying the world. It sounds like, yeah, the magic was like the nuclear weapons. Um, it was, uh, yeah, no, I liked that. Mm-hmm. All the comments on the 51,000 word chapter are like, that was so good. Please never make a chapter this long ever again. <laughs> No, that's fair enough, though. That's a lot. Yeah, I would say the same thing. That's a small novel right there Mm -hmm. for one chapter. Jesus. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's it. Oh, I have to sneeze. (gasps) No. No. Oh, God. God.